0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Episode 221 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Steve Ross. Steve lives in Crookston, Minnesota, and he is a partner in an agricultural supply firm, and he manages the seed division. Welcome, Steve.
1: Thank you, Jen. Good to be here.
0: Well, it's great to talk to you today. And we were actually, before we started, we were talking all things agriculture. So interesting. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> we'll probably talk about more of that. But you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Okay. Summer of 2020, so the first summer of the COVID pandemic. I went from full-time to about quarter-time status in June of that year. Ten hours a week left me with a lot more time in my hands. So I started, and I'm a real tennis, avid tennis player. So I would drive about a half hour to a tennis facility every morning, play an hour and a half of tennis. Then I came home, and as I told you in the letter I wrote, I live in in the country, we have a five-acre yard, and when we moved in in 1978, There was about a half acre right in the middle of the yard, right behind the garage. It was just a jungle of trees. And I said, someday I'm going to clean those up. And in 2020, I finally got at it. It only took me 42 years. And uh, (laughs) so I would come home and I would... I was picking out woodbine, pulling the roots out and cutting down trees and chopping them up. In the end, that summer, I cut down 140 trees, average probably only six inches across. So they weren't real big trees. And in the course of about two, two and a half months of doing that, I lost 10 pounds. So when I retired, I was at my peak weight of 223, the highest I'd ever been. And so then I lost 10 pounds, and I thought, that's fantastic. Uh-oh, I'm out of trees. Now what am I going to do, okay? A friend of mine, uh, who I regularly see at tennis, said to me, you know anything about intermittent fasting? I said, no, I know nothing about it. And she said, well, I've been doing it for about two years. And that perked me up because this lady, she's younger than me, but she's still late 50s, and she's, amazingly quick on the tennis court. So physically, she's very healthy. So I listened to what she had to say. And she said, really, I'm not going to tell you a lot about it. Here's what I'm going to do. She asked me if I had audible, which I do. So she sent me a fast feast repeat, which I then listened to on my commutes back and forth for about 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, I just started in with a 16-8 regimen. And I've been basically doing that or narrower windows ever since. And I got started, and I have to say it has made a lot of changes in my life. And they've been positive ones, by the way.
0: I'm so glad. We'll talk about those in just a few minutes. So you had not ever heard of intermittent fasting before
1: Never before, no. It was brand new to me. Yeah, I had not heard of you. I had not heard of intermittent fasting. And then she also said, if you're going to read that, you should read Jason Fung's books. So I have read Obesity Code, Diabetes Code, and Cancer Code as well.
0: I have not read The Cancer Code yet. I That's been on my that's to a, read that's list. That's
1: a fascinating book. It was the most interesting, really? probably the least useful, but the most interesting of the three.
0: What did you take away from that? Can you remember? I know he well, has a yeah. lot of science in there. It was
1: a very different understanding of of what cancer is, Um, basically cancer is cells that have reverted to a previous state and they've started to ferment in order to create energy and they become like an autonomous region within your body. They live for themselves rather than being a cooperative cell, which is what makes us work as such complex creatures. And just that basic concept came through. and, And I just, I when you understand that glucose is what they basically live on It makes you think about lots of things.
0: Definitely. And it also helps you to realize why fasting would be so powerful when when fighting cancer, even though if someone has cancer, they should work with their team and not just like fast through it. You need to get medical help too. But my point being that fasting would theoretically help prevent cancer because you're not feeding the cancer cells.
1: Exactly. Cancer cells do not live on either ketones or fat only glucose.
0: Awesome. So every day while we're fasting, we can know that we're just one more thing helping us to hopefully prevent cancer down the line. Exactly.
1: Yes. I'm convinced there's a connection. Not sure how strong, but it's there.
0: I think so. I mean, it's just, it's a tool in the toolbox. It's just a healthy thing that we can do. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you first started listening, you'd never heard of intermittent fasting, but you trusted your friend because she was in great shape. Had you known her before she started fasting?
1: Uh Yes, but I wasn't really aware that she was starting when she did.
0: But then you so say you just took, took her word for it and said, I'm going to listen to this book. And as you were listening, you're like, this sounds awesome.
1: I did. And it was like there were light bulbs going off almost constantly because I've been trying to make sense of a lot of things. So Why are we... Why do we have the chronic health problems that we do? I I have not had any serious ones, although I long ago was diagnosed as having metabolic syndrome, which is basically lipid profiles that are not real good and a tendency to trend towards diabetes. It wasn't there, but um, other than that, I, I was basically healthy. And still I was listening. And I I know one light bulb that really went off was I was listening and you were talking about how flavors can set off an insulin response. And I remembered how in the 80s I had put on some weight and I decided I would like to try to take that off. Well not knowing any better. I thought, well, calories in, calories out, right? Oh, okay. So I thought, well, let me switch from my morning Pepsi to morning diet Pepsi, right? And I did that for about two weeks. But every time I would mid-morning have a diet Pepsi, I got so hungry that I had to eat something. And I had no idea why that was, but I did conclude that you're not going to lose any weight Drinking diet pop.
0: <laughs> we see that. There's definitely a correlation between people who drink diet sodas and higher weights. Now, of course, people are like, well, that doesn't prove anything because maybe people of higher weights just choose diet soda. But, yeah. I mean, you know, that's true. That's a fair <laughs> it's hard statement. To, to find the direction of causality. But... When you think about it from the point of view of metabolic confusion and the sweet taste coming in and no calories are coming in, that actually is very confusing for the body because the body is expecting calories with sweetness because things in nature that are sweet do have glucose. And so then your body's like, I don't even know what's happening. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and so it releases some insulin, down goes your blood sugar, and then your hunger pangs kick in. Exactly, and you go, well, exactly. I guess I better eat something. And so it was very counterproductive, and that was probably my one attempt at dieting in my life. <laughs> I have so not you had been never a dieter tried
0: it before, no,
1: not really. No, I, I just no, that's not something I've ever done. I've, I would try to do portion control or you know eat the better stuff, and and I've always been pretty good about staying active physically. So that was my basic approach until I started IF.
0: You had gotten down to 213 about after you'd done all the tree work on your on your land. Did you feel like you were overweight at that weight? Oh yes. Was that overweight? Okay.
1: I'm 5 foot 9, so I'm not huge, but I'm not tiny, and and I still felt very much that I was overweight at that point. I believe an ideal weight maybe be 180, 185 in that range.
0: All right. So you you knew that you weren't at your your top peak weight and feeling your best?
1: I will say that having read your book and listened to my friend talk about what IF does, my main motivation for doing it really wasn't the weight loss. And it really was all the other health benefits, which have been a bigger deal for me than weight loss. Though I'm glad to have dropped the weight. It's much easier on my joints. They're all good right now. I'd like to keep them that way. So there've been just a multiple, of other things that have happened that I'm really pleased with. So an example would be I used to take Femadidine or it's Pepsid AC. AC is the brand name for heartburn. And within about three, four months of starting to fast, that was gone. I didn't need it. I haven't touched that anymore. I also was off my statin for several months, because last summer, I went to see my physician for an annual checkup. And when he popped the results up on the screen, he he looked at me, he says, that's fantastic. And then he looked at me, he said, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so your cholesterol was way down.
1: It was way down, yes. And then in the fall, I checked again, and it after I'd been off the statin for a while, it had crept up again, not as I mean, no worse than it had been before. But he basically he called me and he said, I see what your test results are and he said, something to the effect that you can't really outrun your genetics. Well, <laughs> to a degree. that's
0: definitely part of that's, it. Yeah. That's
1: true. So I have gone back on a statin again and I will recheck again in June and we'll see how that goes. But I know I did feel better when I was off the statin. There are some especially some minor micro tears in your muscles that happen and if that gets bad i take a break other things i had issues with sleeping and so for a while i was taking ambient and a half a dose of an antidepressant to be able to sleep well and i was off the ambient before i started fasting and now i'm off the antidepressant as well doing and i'm sleeping very well without that i have way fewer Joint aches and pains. I can tell when I'm in Arizona in the winters, I play tennis with a lot of people my age and older. Most of them will never play tennis two days in a row because they get too sore. Right. I can play every day and I never get sore.
0: That's awesome. Now, pr- prior to intermittent fasting, would you get sore?
1: Mm, all the time. In fact, I used to live on Motrin because I was always sore, always aching. And the fasting, when you when you keep your glucose down and your insulin down, my understanding is you have a whole lot less inflammation going on, and because of that, I almost never take an ibuprofen anymore or an aspirin. Oh yeah, of any kind. me neither.
0: I can't think of the last time I have. I, I had a headache at some point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't months get headaches ago, anymore either. It was very unusual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know when it was, but I was like, "This is weird." Well, I don't even know where it is. Like I used to carry, I guess Advil or (laughs) something. I used to carry something in my purse. I had it with me all the time. And I remember I needed it and I didn't even know where I had any. That was the part that was so weird. I'm like, I know there's got to be some around here somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because it's been so long. So I want to circle back to cholesterol for just a minute. Yes. Would you say that when you were retested after you had stopped taking the statin and your cholesterol was slightly higher, were you still in the fat loss phase? Were you losing fat at that point?
1: At that point, yes, I was still losing weight. And I understand that that can uh, cause it to go up. So I ha- I went to just a lab in January. I'm looking for it right here and got tested again. And that's when I decided to go on the, because I wasn't losing weight at this time. My cholesterol had gone up to 234, which was about as high as it's ever been. My HDLs have stayed much higher since I started fasting, I'd never had decent HDLs before. That's part of that. Metabolic syndrome. I just decided that it was high enough that I needed to go back on it. I'll check again in June. But yes, I, and I also know that in the fall when I tested, I was probably 16 hours fasted. And now I understand you probably should only be 10 to 12 because it, when you go longer, you, that number can actually go higher. You can it mess It it. It It's
0: Yeah, it's, it's just the the tricky part is it can be higher for for the fat because of the fat loss that's happening right. so yeah you just yep. don't know which it is so yep. yeah You've had a lot of great health benefits. You know, talking about metabolic syndrome, if you have metabolic syndrome, there's a a great sign that you also had insulin resistance at the it same time. It was approaching,
1: time. yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. So have you lost a lot of weight around your waist?
1: That's the only place I ever carried any. So Love yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i got skinny
1: legs and skinny arms.
0: But you had all of it like right in – in your Absolutely, midsection.
1: right in the midsection. That's exactly right. Which is Did another- you
0: measure? Like, do you know how much you lost around your waist?
1: That would be if you were gonna ask me, do I have any regrets about doing this? I didn't take any before pictures and I didn't take any measurements.
0: Everybody listen, listen <laughs> right now. Because that is in fast feast repeat. <laughs> to take those measurements. And I'm not kidding, you're gonna want them. And take those photos. And when I said don't wear your underwear, I meant that. Not just for men, women too.
1: No, you're, I I think you're going to want to
0: show them to people. You really are going to want to show people.
1: That is a regret. On the other hand, I look, much better than I did before, so I'm happy with
0: that. Do you know, like, your your clothing size change?
1: I've got several belts that I can't use. In fact, I've got a belt I just love. It's a really high-quality leather belt. I tried to wear it yesterday, and my jeans kept sliding down. So I said, I've either got to put a new loop in, or I can't wear it. I've actually been able to buy some size large shirts, and they fit, which has been years since I've done that. One of the things that I have really begun to love about... Being in the fasted state is I've learned to never eat and then play tennis. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Really decreases the quality of my play. I play my best tennis. And then in the winter when I'm down south, I do a lot of hiking. And I'll go on really long hikes and I won't eat until I'm done because it's just much easier.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we hear people who worry about that so much because even now, trainers are still telling people that you have to fuel before your workout. And I'm like, no, no,
1: no. no. <laughs>
0: Sometimes people will come in. They're like, oh, my God, my trainer says I have. And I'm like, no, stop, stop listening to that. But if you've once you're fat adapted, you would never yes. go back.
1: I, I have to agree with that. I do still carry some trail mix just in case just I should case. have a hypoglycemic event and I've never had it happen.
0: Just in case you're ready, me neither. I've never had that happen ever that I have been doing something in the fasted state and needed a, a snack. Just never happened.
1: Learning that we are a multi-fuel vehicle basically has been an eye-opener to me. It's like our forklifts at work run on either propane or gasoline. If they were electric, they would be awesome as, as an example. Propane, they run clean with high, fully high power. So that's like running on fatter ketones. You run on gasoline, it runs dirty, and it runs at 85% of its normal power.
0: Oh, that's and so interesting. That's yeah, a great that's, analogy that's to like, the human body, right?
1: Yeah. it's We're, we're a multi-fuel vehicle, and I, I love that concept.
0: And we can switch fuels. We're meant to be metabolically flexible. That's the part that's so important.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I've concluded, I've read a lot of books about indigenous people and how they eat and how the variety of what they eat, it may be from almost all tubers to almost all fat, and yet they do very well. The one thing they have in common is almost none of them eat any processed foods. <laughs> that so. really
0: is the key. That's what's eye opening when you start to really dig into, you know, the work of Weston Price. Yes. I'm sure you're familiar with that. He was for, for people who are not, he was a dentist who went around the world. And I talked about this in Cleanish. And I mean, I'm not the only writer who's talked about it because I think I first heard about his work. And I don't even remember where I first read about his work. But he went around the world and looked at populations that had not been, they had not adopted modern ways. Right. Right? They were indigenous, right? They were eating yeah. the way their ancestors had eaten. And they were all really, really healthy. Now, he's a dentist. So what's he interested in? Dental
2: caries. Their carries. teeth, right? Yes. And their
0: teeth were so healthy. I mean, these are not people who had, you know, toothbrushes and, you know, AIM fluoride toothpaste or whatever. Do you remember mm-hmm. that toothpaste? It had all those colors in it.
1: Yep. You had put it on there. I don't bright. even know if they
0: still make that.
1: <laughs> Aquafresh, but I think stripes. it was called.
0: But yeah. I think that might have been Aqua Fresh. Yeah, I loved those stripes, but they didn't have mouthwash. And their teeth were beautiful. And they didn't have the crooked teeth right. also that we have here in the modern world. And, of course, as a dentist, he was like, what's happening? And he saw, like you said, they were eating all different diets. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that one diet was superior but it was like real food right was the basis of it. And so we were eating all this you know in the at the time I think was, there were a lot more processed foods starting to hit in America and all around the western world and he was like you got to eat real food and just think about how much that would would change if everyone just started eating real food.
1: It is a huge deal. So I find that when when I grocery shop I'm almost always just shopping the perimeters. Don't often go into the aisles anymore, and so I did hear a flippant remark: "If it has a UPC code on it, don't eat it." <laughs> but now there's UPC codes on my avocados, well, that's and true. so
0: if, or if it has an ingredients list. There you right? go. If it has an ingredients a, list, you know that's <laughs> that's more of a sign. But so, tell me about your eating style. How do you eat?
1: I have tended toward my wife and I eat. We're carnivores. We eat meat of all kinds, and I'm a hunter. But you're not so,
0: only carnivore.
1: I uh, no, no. In fact, I've never even attempted. I am an omnivore. Okay. I, I, just I love to clarify
0: because nowadays, if you say you're a carnivore, people there are people that only eat meat.
1: Oh, okay. I am not one of those. <laughs>
0: I didn't think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm a. I'm a. You're an you,
0: omnivore. But I'm who an loves
1: omnivore. Meat? Um, I grow a huge garden every summer, and. So a great deal of the vegetables I eat, especially in the summer, come directly out of the garden. Nuts, fruits, dairy. And uh, it's not like my diet is perfect. I still eat some processed foods, but it's a whole lot less than it used to be. I used to be a two cans of Mountain Dew a day guy. And maybe once a month, I now have a seven ounce Pepsi. (laughs) And that's it.
0: There are times I will still have a real Coke. I don't usually get Pepsi. We're Coke people. I don't know why. It's just
1: whatever you're used to, (laughs) I think. It's
0: true. I grew up with Pepsi for whatever reason. My mother drank Pepsi. But for some reason, once I started with Coke, that was it. I love a real Coke in a can. Yep. It needs to be in a chaos, yeah. but you know, that that's part of being clean-ish, right? You know, you're not going to throw away all the, the processed foods for the rest of your life. You know, we had ice cream this week and it was amazing.
1: Yep. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, if it's a good treat, it's okay. But it's when it becomes the dominant part of your diet that we, we develop problems.
0: So how about your wife? Does she do any intermittent fasting?
1: She does not do any intermittent fasting. She has a very different metabolism than I do. One of the things that's changed for her is we have put a lot of effort in the last year to changing the oils and fats in our diet. Oh,
0: that's big.
1: I read Dr. Kate Shanahan's book, uh, The Fat Burn Fix, and I went, we need to make some changes so polyunsaturated oils which are in every process package That's out there it, yes if you watch me grocery shop you'll see me look at a lot of the ingredient lists and put it back me too nine times out of ten i put it back because i'm running across soybean corn canola cotton seed sunflower oil it's hard
0: to avoid it's
1: very difficult
0: you can get some potato chips yep. now that are made with like avocado oil or coconut oil, and they are actually- Or
1: olive oil, and they're delicious. Quite good. Yes, yes, they are. I
0: got some popcorn that was made with ghee. It was like popped in oh, ghee or something. And it was amazing.
1: Orville Redenbacher's just came out with some that's made with avocado oil. Okay. And I, I didn't buy it because I don't like microwave popcorn, but I looked at the ingredient list and it was pretty clean, you might say. It looked pretty good. So we cooked so those oils.
0: That, and you like topped with the canola. Like I used to buy, canola. I used to have Crisco. I mean, what?
1: I yeah, I grew that. up yeah, on Canada. that stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> we but all the, did. The upshot of it is when we got rid of those oils out of our diet, because we do cook most of our own meals, we usually they're homemade. That's not a change for us. That's the way we've always been. But changing the, we were cooking with canola oil all the time. So we got rid of that. So we use coconut, avocado, and olive most of the time. And so when we made that change, my wife has all of her life struggled with hypoglycemia constantly. And so she's a, every two hours grazer three weeks after changing those oils out her hypoglycemia disappeared and it that has not amazing it has not come back now i wish wow. i could explain to you exactly why that is i i have a theory and and it is that those polyunsaturated oils really mess up our mitochondria and when they burn that they don't create so much energy They some but they generate a lot of heat rather than just energy um and I think that at when you when you eat a lot of polyunsaturated oils, it starts to permeate your fat, and it makes it very difficult for the body to pull that back to become fat adapted. So it can take some time to get that to happen. So we shared that information with a daughter of mine who lives overseas. Same problem, and she said that's really interesting. So I went on. She's in Germany. I went to Amazon's Germany website and ordered the Fat Burn Fix and sent it to her. She read it. So she changed out the, the oils in her diet, and in three weeks, her hypoglycemia disappeared wow. as well.
0: So I've got to she- read that book, too. I've got all these books I need to read.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got a stack about that deep right now that I haven't gotten through. But my daughter in Germany has started fasting, and she has rheumatoid arthritis, and she has almost no symptoms now. And she's on some medication for it as well. But I mean, she's going out and running because she feels so good. So thank you. It's well, I'm ma- so it made happy a difference in it. her and life. Again,
0: I think the oils probably helped a lot too because those oils are very inflammatory.
1: They exactly.
0: That's the thing. When I, um, I talked about this in Cleanish. I got a bunch of snacks, and they were all organic or whatever, but they still had the inflammatory oils, and I was just eating more of them than usual. They were all organic, but I started to feel really puffy, and I'm like, you know, it's these oils, and darn it. (laughs) Uh yeah, It really makes a difference. I've never just heard about anyone making, making them hypoglycemic, though.
1: I don't know the science behind it. I wish I did. All I know is that both my wife and my daughter had the same experience. I'm sure
0: Kate Shanahan could explain it to us exactly. I'm sure. She knows exactly what that is. But it goes back to me to think about the farm machinery you were just talking about, right? Uh The clean burning propane versus the gasoline that is more clogging stuff up.
1: Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing. It's the same principle. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stick to the real food. So how much weight did you lose?
1: Last fall, I was down to 185, so I suppose I lost, what is that, uh, 28 pounds that way? And I'll be honest, in the last few months, and I find it harder to be disciplined when I'm down south in Arizona in the winter, so I'm about 10 pounds up from that, and so now I'm home again, and I fully expect by this fall that'll all be gone again.
0: I get it. So, are you just, is it just more like party time? It's like the, well, there's more socializing, right?
1: There's more going out to eat. And then I, I view, I love to go out to eat, but I've begun to view it as a landmine. Uh it just, there's mines everywhere. It doesn't matter what you order. You say, well, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have a salad. Well, the salad dressing comes and you can pretty, be pretty sure it's probably canola oil. <laughs> and so, you know, even if you go to an Italian restaurant, they're probably, I mean, they're using those oils because the they flavor is fine. And they have high smoke points, and they're cheap.
0: And I'm going to tell you about canola oil. If you're trying to fry something, it fries stuff beautifully.
1: It does. I mean, so it makes a beautiful
0: oil. fry. Well, yeah, and coconut oil gives it an amazing flavor, too. Yes, it does. But yes. co- canola oil is so easy to work with, and it's it cheap, is. and it's everywhere. And yeah, It's just it hard was on hard your for body. Me. Yeah, it was hard for me to get that out of my kitchen, but I finally did. Because mm-hmm. I was like, but it does such a good job. I'm like, I don't care. It's got to go. I agree.
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: You know, we have to just, we have to do it because it's so much better Mm -hmm. for us. Exactly. What is your perfect intermittent fasting day? Now, I hate to use the word perfect. Hmm. What is your typical ideal is a better word than perfect? Okay. Pattern. What's an ideal day or pattern for you? Maybe not when you're in Arizona, but when you're home.
1: (laughs) Very common is I may open my window between 12 and 2 and in the afternoon and close it sometime between six and eight in the evening. That's very common. When my son and his family came down to visit this winter one time and they needed breakfast made, so I made breakfast and then I had breakfast a couple days. And truthfully, I did not feel very good because once you get used to not eating till later, your body's actually not ready for that influx of food, I think.
0: That is true. You're exactly right. It, early in the day, I um was at a hotel that had a really – they told me it was an amazing breakfast. And I was staying there, and it was included. This was a couple months ago. And I was like, you know what? This is included. It's amazing. I haven't had breakfast at (laughs) 8 in the morning in a long time. I'm just going to have it. I felt so bad.
1: Yeah, I understand completely. (laughs) And I was
0: starving. But, like, today I ate earlier, a little earlier than I normally do. Will, my son, who's 22, he and I were out running errands. And there's an amazing brunch restaurant that closes at 2.30. Um, It's called First Watch. If anybody has that, I think it's a chain, but I don't know Mm -hmm. where it is. But they have really high quality food. So I'm like, he was like, I'm hungry. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I ate around one, which is a little earlier. And I usually don't eat before a podcast. But I haven't been tired and lethargic and feeling gross because it's just a little earlier than I normally eat. Mm-hmm. But if it had been like 8 in the morning, I think I would have yeah. not. Yeah.
1: So if some days, like on, on Fridays when I'm down south, I will play tennis at 1030 and also at 2. So I won't eat until I'm done with all of my tennis for the day. That's very common. And usually I'll have at least one or two days a week or I will have a window that's as narrow as two to four hours. and Because I found if I don't do that, weight creeps up and I don't want that to happen.
0: So you, you kind of switch it up.
1: I do. I don't do exactly the same thing. I have read several places where it is good to switch it up because otherwise your body adapts to a pattern.
0: That really is true. And for anyone who's listening, if if you have found yourself, some people get really regimented where they're like, I like to have a two-hour window every day and it's this to this. You really can't adapt to that. And I think part of the reason that I have not adapted is because I do switch things up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like when my son says, Let's go have some brunch. I'm like, I'm in.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> you know what? There are there are social occasions that you should make exceptions for. That's the reality. So. I, I love the flexibility of this. It's
0: Absolutely. a metabolic boost day. Today I will go. have two full meals and it is okay. But I really, mm-hmm. other than a very brief period of time while I was losing weight, I've never been very regimented. Yeah, I will have longer windows and shorter windows. And I think that's part of what's really worked.
1: As you have said, figure out what works for you. Right.
0: I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is there anything that you struggle with?
1: Anything that I struggle with? Staying out of the wrong kinds of foods. Because my wife is not completely participating in all of this, they're always around. And so that's the hardest thing.
0: What are some examples of those?
1: I do buy potato chips that are made with all of her avocado oil. But boy, once I get a bag, it doesn't last long they're so good. And uh, she just made a cake. God, it's good. So I've yeah. had a piece of cake already. And 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 the trick is to just, it needs to be a treat. And, and I find that to be a real challenge. The more I'm out and about outside, the less tempting I, I encounter. And so it's just easier. If I keep myself really busy, it's much easier to... Uh, do the fasting properly than it is if I'm just sitting around or just hanging out in the house.
0: That's very, very true. Yeah, I remember when I first was new to fasting years ago, (laughs) maybe the summer of, I don't know, 2016 or 2017 or one of those summers. But I can remember, you know, I'd been at school and it was very easy to fast at school. No worries. I'm I'm fasting. There's nothing good to eat at the school anyway. Nothing good I could take with me to eat that would be worth it. When no what nothing window worthy. So I would wait till I got home from school to eat. Easy peasy. But then during the summer, mm-hmm. right around probably one o'clock, two o'clock, I started looking at the clock and thinking about food. And so I would have I would schedule errands good. during that, that, that tough part of the day. I would I'll be like, you know, I think I'm gonna run out and go to the mall or I'm gonna go, you know, over here do some grocery shopping or something.
1: Good strategy. It really helped me
0: because I would – otherwise, I had the window creep. And, you know, once I retired, I had to deal with that as well because there was no more going back to school, thank goodness. Sure, sure. But, you know, I I do open my window earlier now than I did when I was Mm -hmm. teaching. But Mm -hmm. I I think I also close it earlier. Then it works. Yeah. I think I shifted it just a little bit down because, you know, I'm I'm very rarely still having something as late as, you know, even 7.30. I'm usually closed by then.
1: One of the things that I've observed over the last two years is that there are lots of different variations in how people respond or approach intermittent fasting as i i I shared with you in the letter i wrote that i have probably started two dozen people
0: doing if yeah
1: last month got another friend going so he bought your book so got you another copy sold and he bought the obesity code And he's uh, listening now to your podcast, and it was it. He's an old friend, and his wife just had bariatric surgery, doing much better because her weight has come way down. And he's pre-diabetic, and they they just both been struggling with how do we how do we manage our health issues as we get older because they're both in their early seventies, and both of them have enough mobility issues they can't be as active as they would like to be so it just every week he gives me a little feedback on how things are going now and he's He's really enjoying it, and he's doing well.
0: I love it. So it's it's never too late to start. That's the thing. No. You know, we we think – I used to think the 50s were old, but here we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they are, but they're far in my rearview mirror, so well, that's okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I did just I did just join the AARP recently.
1: <laughs> oh, did you? Okay. <laughs>
0: well, they started sponsoring my podcast, and I'm like, uh, but I'm not old enough for that, but I am retired. But I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> I am old enough for that. Yeah. I was at the grocery store yesterday and it was senior citizens day and I was like, am I do I count? And they're like, no. I was like darn it. You <laughs> had to be 60.
1: To oh, really? Be a
0: senior citizen at, at Publix or whatever. But uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, I am retired and I'm in the AARP in case they thought I was crazy for asking. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, you know, when when you're in your 70s, you really still have the potential of so many good years ahead yeah. of you. Oh, yeah. Decades, really. And I want to live, I want to be 100.
1: And in, in the retirement community I spend in the winter, it, about five years ago, I ran into a guy at a, a tennis league where every half hour you change partners. And I got this guy I didn't know, and I thought, my gosh, he's, he's not very young. he got to be in his 80s. After we played and we won, I asked him how old he was. He was 97.
0: Oh, my lord.
1: Oh, and um, wow. he's now 102 and he's still playing.
0: That is incredible. See, now not who like I he used be. to. Well, but, but still, your body the joints wear out, right? From these.
1: They do. But of course, joints wear out faster when you are generating a lot of inflammation from the food you're eating.
0: That's true.
1: That's a reality.
0: Yeah. So there's another reason to take out those inflammatory oils.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're not doing
0: it because it's, quote, a diet. We're doing it because we want to have healthy joints and age well. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Inflammation is is our enemy. And whatever we can do to reduce that is a big deal.
0: And the key is really also, like this gentleman is showing us, staying active.
1: Exactly. Yeah. He's a little guy. And I'm sure he's He's probably naturally eaten carefully all his life. But, of course, I've also heard it said that if you want to live a long and healthy life, you must pick your parents well.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a factor. Yes. <laughs> but there is a lot you can do. And, and again, mm-hmm. staying active is so important. I remember watching my grandmother. She did not age well. And she – was not active and she sat in her chair yeah. and she watched TV and she could hardly walk around. And then she had dementia that was, mm-hmm. and it just, it was really, really sad because I remembered her from when I was younger and, you know, looked up to her and she was an interior designer and oh, yeah. she just always, her hair was per, you know, perfect, you know, her house was perfect. It. And, and then she just totally. And so I remembered, you know, as, as I was, I was my twenties and, my boys were little, and it was really, really hard. She wasn't really that old, not really, then. no, no, and no, and um, let me think of how old she was. So if if she was born in, she was probably, gosh, in her early seventies. That was it. Mm. And yeah,
1: that's not that old.
0: It wasn't that old at all. And so I vowed right there. I was like, I've got to, you know, do something mm-hmm. to to keep that from happening. And and being active is the thing. And I really, I could still do better with that because I get caught up in. Managing my group and recording a podcast and doing more sitting than I should. So I want to be like that 97 year old God. 102. He's 102. <laughs> He's
1: 102 now. Yes. <laughs> He's
0: my hero. I want to be yeah.
1: like him. He's amazing. And there are a lot of people in their 80s playing really good tennis yet. It's very, uh, brings me a lot of hope. So I should have a lot of years of that left yet.
0: Well, have you ever played pickleball?
1: I have. Yes. Do
0: you like I've not played pickleball. Um, but I want to.
1: I you know, if I lost some of my mobility, then I would probably switch to pickleball. It's very okay. hard to switch back and forth. Oh, they have I get it. Different length rackets and it it's a very different uh you, your swing. motor
0: memory would be different.
1: And yeah. And I guess that's why I don't play it more, but I it's a fun sport, however, I can't stand the sound of it. It's all I, like, I can't stand the sound of a basketball game. It's bonk, bonk, bonk it's all the time. It's too much bouncing. Yeah. And the pickleball is a thunk, thunk. And and you can hear it a block away. But um, it's an incredibly popular sport. The town I'm in, it's 22,000 people. They have 26 pickleball courts. There's only 18 tennis courts.
0: <laughs> okay. See, the reason I asked is because we're moving. Um, oh. I'm so excited. We're moving to the beach, and I okay. can't wait. And we're moving to a neighborhood that has a lot of retired people in it. It's not completely a retired person neighborhood. Yep. It also has some vacation homes in it. It's close to the ocean, but um, they have pickleball courts.
1: You know, if if just... you want a sport to play. <laughs> I and I do. And, I would encourage you to try it. It's a fun story. I'm sport. gonna do
0: it. I'm gonna do it because there's you know, there's a lot of activities. This neighborhood, I'm just I you know, like I said, I'm retired too. So <laughs> yep. they have, you know, like water aerobics in the indoor pool and they have yep. the pickleball. And I am going to just jump into all of that mm-hmm. and, and oh, find my niche in the community. And mm-hmm. so that'll that'll help me a lot. And of course there's always walking on the beach, right?
1: Oh, that would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, yep. I'll be able to do that 365 days of the year. We're right now we're recording this in April. We're closing on the new house, but our house is still not under contract. So okay. fingers crossed. Yeah, we gotta, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Got to sell this one and then get down there and um, I'm going to be super active within that retirement community.
1: Cool. You'll. I think you'll. I enjoy it. I do.
0: I think so, too. And Chad is retiring. Okay. So that is going to be a big switch for him because, yes. I mean, you were, you, you know, I'm going to put, quote, you retired, but you didn't really.
1: I have been feathering into retirement for about six or seven years. I just continually slowed down and, and slow took down. pieces off my plate and put it onto other people's plates as I trained them. And... Yeah, no, I'm down to. It. I've got basically one task, one project that I manage, that I can manage from a distance. And so I stop in the office. I still have a desk. I'm surprised that nobody's filled it up. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's very different. But I am very much enjoying it. But being able to stage it and do it incrementally, I'm a. I tell people I'm a flaming incrementalist.
0: Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Well, I think Chad would actually like to have been able to do it that way, but that's not. Not how, everybody you know, it can. Out. he can't you know he's a college professor and so no, you can't then you can't you really can't and also we're moving to a whole different town but he's trying to figure out what he's going to do and
1: it's an adjustment What i find is that people even people who struggle with it after a while the vast majority of them get to the point where they go i don't know where i would find time to work anymore that's, that's true <laughs> i'm so busy
0: that's exactly right. Like, I don't know how I managed to go to school all day and <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. exactly. teach the
0: children. I don't know. that I've heard that from a lot of people. But, yeah, he, he needs to stay busy. But he just is one of those people. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But he likes to putter around and do things and, like, He's been going to neighbors' houses and be like, "Can I clean your gutters for you?" And stuff oh, my. like that. So yeah. when, once we get down, there, he's probably going to be like the yard man, handyman of the whole neighborhood. So
1: and that might be his calling at that point in his life. Who knows? Well,
0: it's so much less stressful than being at a university, right? Yeah.
1: Probably a lot less politics.
0: Oh, you know, that is so true. What they mm-hmm. say about university politics.
1: Oh, no. I have, I just
0: can't wait for him to get away from that.
1: I have a lot of friends who've been university professors, and they just, you just shake their head when they tell their stories.
0: It's, it's wild. It really is like that. And it's, I don't know, I'm a little... I was an elementary teacher, so it's. I'm like, stop complaining. That sounds like heaven because they only have to like go in and teach their class or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't constant all day long,
0: right? Yeah. Teacher, but, teacher. Yeah, exactly. You don't even have time to go to the bathroom. Or
2: anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: All right, so let's switch back to the fasting. So now that you're back and you're mm-hmm. up, you said about 10 pounds, what, what's your plan? Just You're just going to get back and
1: I'm tighten just, up that window? I, yeah, I'm going to narrow up the eating windows and um... – I know what I need to do and and I know how to do it. I just need to make up my mind that that's what I'm going to do. One of the things I did this winter was wear a continuous glucose monitor for a while. Oh,
0: that's fine. That
1: was very interesting. And my wife wore one for a while. And what we found is you've talked about how people have different responses to things. We both... No, neither of us have really wild blood sugar. We tended to be in pretty good areas, but there were certain meals that I ate that just spiked mine. And the worst one was eating pasta.
0: Pasta is the worst for me.
1: Oh, it was just awful. I mean, I would eat it and it would go up to 200 and stay there for four hours. And my wife would eat the same meal and she'd go up to about 170. And in about an hour, she started to come back down again.
0: But I can eat white rice all day long. I mean, I am fine. I mean, not all day long, literally, because I'm fasting. But it you know bother, what I mean? Yeah. White rice, no worries. I am perfectly fine and satisfied from the white rice. But with pasta,
1: Pasta and I'm is starving. You know, it
0: doesn't fill me up.
1: Well, and I, and I tried some uh, Dreamfields pasta. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that's that. that's the low carb, um, high it's not fiber. Low, it's got inulin fiber, okay, chicory root fiber added it, yeah. into it. And there, I spiked one seventy to one eighty, and it took longer to go up, but then it stayed up just as long. So it did mitigate the the blood sugar rise. So, but we just we just found that we responded differently to the various foods we ate, and that I am more carb sensitive than she is. That's That's just a a reality. That doesn't
0: surprise me at all. And I am certain after doing the Zoe test... Mm-hmm. You know, and I found out that I didn't clear the blood glucose well or the fat well, which, of course, okay. doesn't surprise me. But I'm Chad hasn't done it. But I'm sure he clears it perfectly.
1: Oh, uh, OK. <laughs> it's not fair, is it?
0: <laughs> no. And his fast and insulin test was lower than mine. And and like, well, that makes sense. He's never struggled with his weight. And because his insulin's low, his body clears mm-hmm. things well, you know, those of us, I really think those of us who have struggled with our weight do so because we have an exaggerated response.
1: I, I don't doubt that a bit. I know that when we when my wife was wearing her monitor, what she had exaggerated responses because and she would I was almost at 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day she had just a, t- a total crash in blood sugar. Didn't really seem to matter what she was eating. It was timed with her body rhythms. She and needed to eat. She's been telling me for years she needs to eat dinner at four o'clock, and I'm not hungry till five thirty or six. So we compromised it five and she has a snack at four. I mean, it's just, but there were different patterns and we all respond different. So we have to figure out what works for our body. And that's not easy to do. So I feel yeah, well, like- I I've, love I'm, that you
0: did the CGM. That helped a lot. Yeah.
1: I'm a year and a half into fasting and I feel like in a year and a half, I will still be tweaking this. Well, There's no I'm still about tweaking that. still. I mean, yeah. they're
0: still even, you know, making changes day to day and different- seasons and Mm -hmm. different times, and on vacation and when you're having brunch and (laughs) things like that. And, you know, you feel your honesty pants getting a little tight. (laughs) It happens, but you don't freak out. That's the thing. I I love that you're just calm about it. You know what happened. Intermittent fasting didn't stop working in Arizona.
1: No, it doesn't. And one of the things that I really love about intermittent fasting is that in, especially in a couple of our friends... It has brought what I can only describe as hope into their lives. Uh, we have uh, one of the first people that I got started fasting with some longtime friends, and she has long had issues with excessive weight, really high. Has had both her knees replaced, and when we sat, we sat down around a campfire about three weeks after I started. And we just talked about it for about two hours, and they started the next day, and they're both still at it. And she's down about 40 pounds now, still a long ways to go, but I can only say that she's someone who now lives in hope and is happy all the time. It's just, it's an incredible difference. That is great. If you can't figure out how to control the weight, because she tried every diet under the sun. You've oh, described there, all yeah. the diets Absolutely. that you've been on. She's done them all. And so she's very different from me in that respect. But she didn't have much hope that a diet was going to do anything for her. Now she does have hope. And it's really fun to encounter her because she's uh, excited, she, feel, she, she feels And she's out exercising. Good. She's never, done, never been able to do that. And she's yeah having fun, playing with her grandkids. Life is good.
0: That is the, that's that's what we're looking forward to one day us too. You yep. good? <laughs> and I have to honestly say that's one reason we're going to the beach because I know grandchildren will always <laughs> want to come and visit us there.
1: <laughs> You've created a hook. Good for well, you. Well,
0: you know my boys are still young. Cal and Kate. Cal's twenty four. Will is twenty two. Mm-hmm. We're not. You know, <laughs> we got a ways to go. Cal's married. Will is not. But. One day there will be some grandchildren running around the beach hey, house.
1: You know, That's when cool. I was your age I was saying that too. I think I was sixty two when we sixty no, I was sixty four when we got our first one.
0: Well, that counts. And,
1: but number four is on the way. Oh, yeah. So Yeah.
0: See. There you mm-hmm. go. So there's hope. I, you know, 10 years, I'll be fine. I'm going to live yep. to be over 100.
1: There you go. They'll
0: <laughs> be like, gra- Grandmama's playing pickleball down there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably terrorize those courts. It'll Grandmama's be
0: teaching water aerobics. Maybe mm-hmm. by then, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done water aerobics, but <laughs>
1: might have to learn it first.
0: <laughs> I think so. I don't know. I remember being in a pool and jumping around but just like making my own thing up. So mm-hmm. I think I need some actual. It's they're supposed to be really, really good for your body. Water aerobics.
1: Well, yeah, it takes so much stress off your joints.
0: Well, that too. Plus you have the resistance from the water. Right. I think yep. that adds to it and plus mm-hmm. I just really love being in the water. So, yep. it's good. I'll have to have to see how that goes. I'll keep everybody posted as to whether or not I'm, I'm actually playing the pickleball. <laughs> okay. I have, and I'm also going to tell everybody who lives there about intermittent fasting.
1: <laughs> there you go. It'll be a whole new group that you can well, proselytize to. I
0: actually am thinking about that. Like We might have like a community intermittent fasting talk or something.
1: Hmm. Well, we, we, it would not surprise me because I think I probably that the to. first core of people we got going on fasting was the Tennis friends, right? And uh, my friend and I kind of teamed up on some people, and and we went, yeah, you know, this could be really helpful, and it has been very helpful to many people there.
0: I love it. And another thing I have in my mind, you're, do you remember hearing about? And if you've listened on the podcast, we talked about the cruises that we used to do. Mm-hmm. If you heard us talk about those, we did one in. 2018, and we did one in 2019, and I don't know that we'll ever cruise again, but I'm going to be living at a beach town, and so I think I'm going to have some Delay Don't Deny events, oh land-based, but Mm -hmm. in Myrtle Beach, because it's a... Have you been to Myrtle Beach?
1: I have not.
0: We're actually south. We're in Surfside, which is south of Myrtle like, you're going towards Myrtle's and, you know, that doesn't mean anything to you because you've never been there, but... Right, that,
1: that's in North Carolina?
0: <laughs> no, South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. But Myrtle Beach is a golf capital of the... Like, a lot of people come and play golf there. That here. I knew. Mm-hmm. A Lot of, A lot of people travel in and out. So they have an airport that it's really easy to get to from a lot of places and cheap flights because they're trying to get people to go to Myrtle Beach. So sure. I'm like, this is going to be perfect. So everybody who's listening, <laughs> I'm not telling mm-hmm. you when it's going to be because I haven't planned it yet, but... We're going, maybe, maybe this summer of, if I say it out loud, maybe I'll have to do it. Maybe the summer of 2023.
1: There you go.
0: We will have some kind of land based event somewhere around Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. That is my plan.
1: No. Oh, hope it works.
0: Well, you need to come to, to visit it, Steve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to either of the Carolinas, so that would be oh, fun. Oh,
0: you totally should. The beaches, where, like, you've been to the beach? Oh, yes. Where maybe do y'all times. beach?
1: My wife and I used to go to Hawaii every year. okay,
0: I've never been there.
1: oh, that's fun,
0: yeah. Cal has been there. That's where Cal and Kate they eloped and got married in Hawaii and they they're going they go all the time. I mean it's, mm-hmm. they live in San Francisco, mm-hmm. so I mean it's still a long way, but they it's an easy flight, I think for them
1: it so, would be yeah, yes, yeah. Yep.
0: And it might have been sounded crazy to ask if you'd been to the beach, but I know there are people who live in the middle oh. of the United States who <laughs> don't go to the beach, right?
1: Well, if if you're in Minnesota, you go to the beach, but it's a lake. Okay, <laughs> there's lots of that. <laughs> but I've yes, no, I've been to many beaches around the well, world. Well, that's
0: true. That the, the Great Lakes do have, and they even have like waves, right?
1: Oh yeah, I've I've ridden to surf on Lake Superior.
0: Wow. <laughs> See, when you're down here, our lakes are not like that. Yeah. We're not, we don't have that kind of stuff going on in our lakes. So we think of lakes very differently than the Great Lakes.
1: Yeah, those are big.
0: Yeah, they really, really are. But, yeah, you've, you've got to come down to the South Carolina coast sometime because it really is just the most beautiful beaches.
1: That's what I have heard.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it there. So much to do, even if you don't golf. But I also might take up golf, so we shall see.
1: <laughs> That'd be fun, too.
0: Chad is not certain I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> He used to do a lot of golfing, so maybe that's something he and I can do together. That would work. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think that you have to think
1: about what your learning style is as you approach intermittent fasting. If you are cuz I've observed this, I've got some friends that just I, I would tell them to read your book. They said, well, it's just, I'm just going to start. You tell me what to do. And <laughs> I was, I'm not starting till I've read the book. And right. so everybody has their own style. Think about what that is. And I am a person that needs to accumulate data than act. And if you are like that, Read, Fast, Feast, Repeat, and The Obesity Code, if nothing else. If those are the only two books you read, you'll be fine. I've probably read another dozen, but (laughs) those two are the core books, and, and they just really fill you in. The how-to with how to fast and why is what your book is about. I think
0: the why is so important. I think
1: why is critical. I need to understand what I'm doing when I do it because I I just keep digging because I want to understand it. I'm not a medical person by any means, but I've learned a lot enough to at least have a conversation with my doctor about it and uh, my doctor by the way was very supportive of fasting and asked me had i read anything by jason fung love it so i was very impressed with that yeah but getting started is know your style another thing is i think it's important that you have some sort of support i follow a facebook group about intermittent fasting And I just find that really helpful to get reinforced and see what other people are struggling with. And of course I've got, now I've got a bunch of friends who are also doing it. And so we will sit and talk about it. To do it in isolation is very difficult. That's what I think. And so so you're delayed, don't deny community. That's a great place to go for extra support. And I've appreciated because a couple of times I've posted questions and you've been really good about responding to them. You're not going to do this completely alone because you're going to have uncertainties, and you're going to and you're going to want to share your successes with somebody who will understand them, and you're going to have questions.
0: Exactly, and and your struggles, you know, and and just saying something like you know, like today in the community, somebody's like, yesterday was was a day I struggled, I ate all day long, and I ate a bunch of junk, and now I feel yep. awful. And five people came right in and said, I've had days like that. It's yep. okay. You didn't. It'll be fine. And and just hearing from other people. I mean, it's fine if I say it, but they don't just want to hear from Jen. They want to hear yep. from other people who have been there. And that's the, the key. Whether you're on a Facebook group or whether you're in our community, go to mm-hmm. jenstevens.com slash community. There you go. <laughs> to find it No, t-
1: I have found that to be very helpful.
0: And I, I love the community because it's I loved the Facebook groups until they got so big that they were scary.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: It was they were scary to manage. i'm sure right because i didn't know what was happening over here and over there and like the teacher and you can't watch your classroom anymore and you have too many children in there that's how it felt yeah they were over there like doing something you didn't know what like having 800 kids yeah yeah that's how it felt but the community is just such a small place that i'm enjoying (laughs) the the level of interaction that we're able to have and i'm really able to connect with people which is my favorite part because that's what i want i just want to talk to people you can tell Mm-hmm. <laughs> when Very I much. got on my report card, that Jen talks too much. Little did we know that that was—that <laughs> was actually I'm my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for for being with us today and sharing your story.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me, Jen.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at Jen at intermittentfastingstories dot com, and I'll add you to the lineup. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.
2: Once upon a beat.